Welcome to the Wealthy Women Podcast. This is a podcast to inspire, educate, and influence the leaders of today. And we do this by creating the ultimate wealth, which, come on, ladies, we know is more than just money. I'm your host, CEO and founder of WealthyWoman.com, Marilyn Rose. Today, we are inspired by the event of tomorrow, which what's going on in London, UK, is the Virgin Money Marathon. It is the London Marathon that is going on, which is a run of 26.2 miles of just goodness of running goodness. Tens of thousands of people will be participating in London's event, running through the whole of the city, getting to know the vibes going from the lower. Literally, I'm going to have so many people running in front of my house, (laughs) which will be super exciting to see. I won't be able to leave my house if I'm watching. Uh, for the good six hours, but it will be a good event to watch. The reason why I'm so inspired by this is because literally 50 years ago, women weren't allowed to run in a marathon event, which to me is just almost unfathomable. Like, I just don't understand. But women weren't allowed to run for one, and not only that, but women were told you'll get really thick legs, you'll grow a mustache, you'll get hair on your chest if you run such a sport. Which, as we know now, it's very not true, ladies. That's just not how science works. But it's honestly, it's just so amazing because I'm just so grateful for the time that we live in. Honestly, we're living in some of the best times to be a woman in society in terms of rights and within the past couple hundred years anyways in America or the UK. I want to highlight in this podcast a very inspirational woman, Catherine Switzer. She was the first woman that actually ran a marathon with numbers like full numbers. And when she had registered for the marathon, she had said she had signed in her initials, KV Switzer. And when you applied for that, they must have thought she was a man, which they let her in. And so she had her trainer and her all-American football player at the time, her boyfriend, running beside her for this marathon. And she was just running for the sake of running, she wanted to run the sport. She had gotten trained. And what had happened was she was going along the the route and a truck came, the paparazzi or the news media outlets were taking pictures. And the director at the time came out and tr- attacked her. And he tried to pull her numbers off of her back and said, you don't deserve to run in this race. Give me back those numbers. And literally, this was all captured on the in pictures. And her boyfriend came in clutch and shoved the director out of the way. And you can see this in the photos that I'll attach to the bottom of this in the description below. And 
it just amazes me. She said that she had the media asking her, like, are you a, are you somebody who's fighting for women's suffrage? Are you a movement leader? And this is all for her running in a marathon, which is amazing. So the lessons that I got from this is the fact that for one, 50 years ago, women weren't allowed to run and that was a thing and only for societal reasons for who knows why, but women weren't allowed to run. And the fact that the lessons are one, if you want to do something, go ahead and do it regardless of your gender. And two, for ladies today, there are other ladies who were our pioneers to having our rights that we must be so grateful for. And also the men who were supporting those women at the time. I absolutely love one of the really amazing American women's rights or gender rights leaders. If you don't know who I'm referring to, I'm talking about Ruth. Ginsburg, otherwise known as the notorious RBG, in which she's become very infamous, our uh, Supreme Court Justice. And she was one of the first females that really just conquered it. She has a great documentary about her. And one of the, the highlights that I had enjoyed from her documentary was that she had her husband alongside of her who was rooting for her, being the cheerleader for her to grow and support her career. So I'll probably do a separate podcast on her because I remember just going on and on about this woman who's absolutely amazing. And how many great, amazing leaders of ladies that we've had, which they must have endured such intense things like getting attacked by a director of the marathon race that Catherine Switzer had to go through. But the thing is, when you do something that's literally leading, any movement that is changing societal standards, is you have to have a real reason why you're doing it. And when I was running, I had actually run a marathon a few years ago, the Chicago Marathon. I had no idea that if I was born in a different era, I wouldn't have been allowed to do that. I was raised with always being able to do what I enjoyed, and my mom would throw me into everything soccer, tennis. And when I chose cheerleading, I didn't realize when I was in cheerleading that people at the time literally didn't consider it to be a sport and if you can if you consider gymnastics a sport then competitive cheerleading is a sport and what i noticed along the way was for my generation was that we grew up in a place where women would compete and not support other women for what reasons i'm not sure but are you just sick of women competing to try to tear you down for what? Nothing other than that's definitely not going to help lead the rest of the other women. I'm more about collaboration and bringing together great ideas and empowering other women because we all have such a beautiful role to stand up for ourselves. And if we are attacking each other from within, then where does that leave place for 
the rest of us. It's it's like if if a man's going to turn two women against each other, right? Then all you're doing is helping helping something that doesn't need to be helped continue. So just for like reference, when my mom was 10 years old, that means that she wouldn't have been able to run a marathon in society or do any of these things, which is just crazy to me. And the fact that for when I was in cheerleading, I remember uh, going into, I had been in both uh, high school cheerleading and competitive cheerleading, all-star, which for those of you who don't know, uh, all-star cheerleading is like a year-round club sport. And you compete, you go to nationals, we were featured on ESPN. And high school cheerleading is where you cheer for the football teams and you support them, but you also compete more on the state level for us. And both the high school cheer has a cheering aspect where you would come up with the cheer, but all-star cheerleading does not have that. So I remember going through cheerleading probably since I was in fifth grade all the way until I was 18, a good, a good more than eight years of my life. And what happened was when I had graduated, the a Supreme Court justice like had, uh, not a Supreme Court justice, like a state judge had said that cheerleading was not considered a sport. And it's one thing for like that to happen, uh, but it, it, this means that because it wasn't considered a sport, that cheerleading isn't you were you're not allowed to get a scholarship to schools like an athletic scholarship, which is would have been very beneficial because you cheer in school. It goes through the athletic department, and you're still competing, right? You can still compete at nationals and do all of these grand things, but. When the judge had done it, it was actually a ruling because the volleyball, a girls' volleyball team was against cheerleading. And so they had brought this up to, they brought it into court to have make cheerleading not a, a sport, which is just crazy because obviously, like, you get into different things of if a company or, I mean, it all comes down to money, right? But to have a true wealth in the world, it's more than just money because you need true leaders in every area to lift other women, right? You need other women leading women. So so where has our shift of women gone today? Like one, we can't be afraid anymore because we've been given so many opportunities. And even more so than that, there are just still so many countries of women who need us to be leaders that are still struggling. These other women are struggling to have the basic rights of education. So how do we do this? How do we overcome fears? And when I say fears, I mean being told that you're not good enough or being told that you're a woman so you can't do xyz or being told that you must have stick to your place in society which is below something else so that's doesn't mean that we have to be you don't have to become a man to be equal like we don't have to look like a man. We don't have to 
want to be a man and we don't have to lower our voices to be respected. Like segregation can still be a good thing, ladies. Like you don't always have to be with the men in order for yourself to have a voice because ladies, we do enjoy our our own girl time, like with just the girls and to be inspiring and empowered. And it's so funny because if you move into a new place, like give, I'll give you an example. I moved into London and had to find a whole new circle of people, whole new group of women. And I came in wanting like, okay, I'm going to meet all of these like amazing women entrepreneurs, all of these women who are just strong and confident. And, and what I had found is after a year of looking, it's a rarity to find that specific person of someone who's strong and confident. And that's why that's the reason of creating wealthy women is to bring together more and more women who are the leaders within themselves and also within our own group of other ladies. So the reason why Wealthy Women had started was so that we can educate other women with great confidence courses, great starting your business courses, and all of these actual efficient personal development training just to get you to a point to overcome all that that ish, that stuff that's like not... The noise, overcome the noise telling you otherwise. And also giving you a platform where you're able to build up skills on your own time. Because yes, women women are the nurturers, we're the carers, we're the people who carry the babies in our bellies for nine months and then have to heal from that as well. Like that's a big process. Because the man definitely can't do that. But that shouldn't be something seen as a burden. Because that's something that's amazing that your body goes through that. And a man can't do that. (laughs) It's not anything to go against men because men are super strong. But it's really important to understand that a woman has... You have your own great, amazing energy, right? And your energy is something that if the female energy is taken away from the world, like that's where we have to, that's when we have to worry. If we try to become men and we lose our own energy, that's where we have to worry. And you look at the the generation gaps of ladies and I mean, Sarah Blakely, I probably talk about her all the time. She honestly is just so amazing for the fact that when she had started business, if you don't know who Sarah Blakely is, she is the founder and CEO of Spanx. She became one of the first uh, self-made youngest females at the time before we have Kylie Jenner. And Sarah had said that when she got into her couple million, she remember being around like the other men in the industry because women's fashion was a very predominantly man-based industry, which doesn't surprise me. But she had gotten there and the guy had said, well, welcome to competition, like welcome to the warfare. And she went home and just cried because she didn't want to be in warfare she didn't want to compete with other successful people in the sense of 
tearing someone else down. What she wanted was to collaborate and inspire and bring up amazing people, which is why Spanx is now one of the greatest. Uh, they are such a great donors to help empower other women, and it's so amazing. So when I talk about these women, Sarah Blakely, Catherine, Catherine Switzer, RBG, my mom, of course, everybody goes through their own trials and tribulations. But the main thing is having that confidence and having that courage and ambition and and something that the greater reason of why you're actually doing what you're doing. Going into history, when we come into a shift into looking and trying to be all of this masculine energy, we also start to see a movement of women having being overly sexualized as well in the media. And when I say overly sexualized, it's being like falsely empowered to go ahead and like get naked, do whatever that you need to do to like quote be empowered but if you look into the beginning of those campaigns those were started by men too so we need to stop changing because we think we have to do that because of somebody else but it's time for women to come together and collaborate and create it's time that we create our own message and we dominate our own feminine strengths and not thinking that when you say feminine that it's weaker in any sense. And we must teach and grow with our own confidence for our generation and the ones to come. If you look at these ladies, Catherine, she wanted to run because she wanted to compete in the sport. She loved running and she wanted to run. And once she had gotten to that moment when somebody had attacked her, she had a shift in her mind that she said, you know, I absolutely have to finish this marathon because this has become such so much bigger than me because if I don't finish, they're going to say that a woman doesn't belong here when we do. And she went ahead and she finished running her race and she became an advocate for women's marathons to be in the Olympics which is, again, was going on in the past 50 years. And if you look at Ruth, she had said that her mom had taught her the skills of being a lady, which means don't raise your voice because in the sense of you don't need to yell to win. And if you listen to any, uh, if you listen to Dale Carnegie, he will tell you the same thing. The more you argue, the less you win. And also to use your power through your skills, which Ruth, if you get to know her, her skills was very much communication of writing and being very verbal and having such a strong voice with her pen and having an amazing work ethic. And she, of course, had a husband that really supported her and her dreams and her vision. Catherine had a boyfriend who supported her, her dreams, and her missions. And, of course, we have Sarah Blakely, who's gone ahead and created a billion-dollar company with, like, a brand new, a brand new form of 
hosieries. And if you don't know what Spanx is, please go check it out as well. You just learn so many great things. And of course, Sarah has a husband who supports her and who uh, grows with her. And for any of the men who listen to this podcast, of course, you are always welcome. And I hope you're the type of man who lifts up women when you see them. And when I say lifts them up, I mean lift them up by acknowledging their strengths and valuing their energy. Because yes, women, you might be weaker than a man when it comes to certain muscles or certain types of skills or whatever. But men, you might be weaker than women when it comes to certain muscles or skills. But instead of looking at each other, our weaknesses, what's going to happen to the world when we look at each other's strengths and we honor and respect each other's strengths? One of the biggest things that I always, always say is when a woman decides to stay home cook, take care of kids, help with managing all anything, being the CEO of her household, that the man who goes to a job must come home and see what his wife does as 100% equal to what he is doing. Because when it comes to wealth, finances don't change your insides. They don't change your character. They don't, it doesn't change who you are. It doesn't change your values. So now we are living in a time, of course, ladies, that is better than ever. That literally you can start a business, grow a business. And businesses are so, not saying they're easy, but have become easier to start, grow, and scale. And of course, we live in a time where if you want to have a certain lifestyle, income must, there must be coming from both a man and a woman. So that doesn't mean that now, now we have a shift in dynamics, right? Because if both people are working, but then a man still expects his wife to continue doing all of the house stuff by herself, that's where the issue comes in. Because then it's a shift of energy, right? If we keep working on growing with actually figuring out, okay, let's balance things out. Like let's take care of our own responsibilities and segregate certain items and and do whatever we want to do. We want to always, always grow in a way that we're supporting each other with the situation that you have. There's no cookie cutter way of living life. And if you look at the history, even in religious text or the history of powerful women, we've, there's been different roles and supportive, supportive humans. Because in a, in a marriage or relationship, which there's nothing wrong either with having a relationship that... There's nothing wrong with wanting to be a housewife or wanting to be a wife. There's nothing wrong with wanting to have a happy ending. Okay, I'm saying that. And there's nothing wrong with doing anything that means going against the grain of society. What people get afraid of is change. And 
I just want to talk a little bit about the Disney movies just to tie this whole theme in together. When we're coming into an era, right, people are overanalyzing entertainment and you go back to the Disney movies and you think, okay, where are the princesses without the princes? Like, where are the warriors without the men? But just, we don't want to take men out of society. We don't want to over-exemplify. Like, I'm waiting for that Disney movie that shows a nice balance, you know? But I remember hearing on a talk, I think it was uh, an actress, and she was on the Ellen show, and she was saying she doesn't play The Little Mermaid for her daughter. She She talks about... Because she, she believes that the message is trading in your voice to find romance with a man. And I'm sure you can look at the movie that way as well. But the other opinion might be you hear the Little Mermaid wanting to Ariel. She wanted to find a whole new world. She wanted to be in a human. She wanted to have two legs and go on her toes and and play in the sand and do all those fun things with her fork and her hair. But that was before that was before she even had seen Prince Eric on on the beach. So again, I mean you shouldn't trade your voice for anything anyways, <laughs> but uh that was a sacrifice that she had to do to get what she wanted to have her legs, but to keep her voice, it was to make a man fall in love with you. So that's, that's like its own dynamic as well. But if you're, if you're looking at all of these messaging and things, you look at the writers and who created it and think, okay, well, if you want this again, we must be the ones who collaborate with each other and create the new messages we must be the ones that are confident with who we are, with our femininity and with having strengths of our own and really understanding the feminine energy of the world and the feminine energy of ourselves and seeing that as a strength. I love this quote. It had said, um, my coach told me that I ran like a girl and I told him, Thanks. If you run a little faster, you can too. And I just love it so much. It's cute. It's cheeky. It's nice. But what we don't want in our society is to go to the other extreme, right? We go to one extreme saying like, oh, you run like a girl, implying that girls don't run very fast. And then you come to the other extreme that, okay, like, if you want to run like a girl, like, girls will always run faster than boys. Like, we want to grow in, into a society where we really help empower each other's strengths and grow with our own strengths and identifying those strengths and figuring out one of the biggest things when it comes to overcoming fears and going beyond your strengths is this. Action beats anxiety every time. If you feel like you can't do something because you're feeling anxious, you must create an action step that's so big that you can do it that will overcome that anxiety. 
And when I say go beyond your strengths, it means whatever, whatever you're told that your innate strengths. And when I say innate, that means like what you were given at birth, or if you're given this at birth, you're, you probably have that in fifth grade, right? But a fifth grader won't have the same strength in, as your teenage years. In your teenage years, you won't have the same strengths as in your fifties. So don't focus specifically on your innate strengths, rather focus on what strength you need right now to overcome the challenge that you have. So ladies, with that, just to wrap it up, we talked about some really inspiring women in the eras who just crushing it in terms of goals. So we talked about thanks so much for the London Marathon that's coming that just inspired this podcast. It's going to be tomorrow, and if you're following my Instagram, you shall see these posts. And ladies, it is really, we talked about Ruth, who used her her own power of writing to change the law, and her she went through law school so many ways. I'm going to do a podcast separately on her, I think. And we also talked about, I mean, Sarah Blakely, my mom, <laughs> Little Mermaid, Ariel. And if you look at the concepts and all of the core, the theme, it's it's honestly, it's time that we create our own messaging and the message that we want to give to our generation in the next one. And it's time that we dominate and own and feel empowered by our own strengths with the feminine energy and looking at femininity as strength. And it's time to teach and grow and collaborate each other collaborate with each other and grow our own confidence so that we have a place that we are confident and we're going. But I'm going to leave you with this, ladies. You are a queen in the way that you want to be one. And you are a warrior the way that you want to be one. And you're anything that you want to be beyond your strengths, the way that you have to be or need to be, and of course, the way that you set yourself up with your intentions of anything that you want in this world. So thank you so much for listening to this shorter podcast. I will leave you with that. If you want to support the Wealthy Women community, go ahead and give this podcast a nice subscribe and make sure that you drop in your email at wealthywomen.com and you will get a lot more gems so thanks so much ladies and see you on the other side